Hey, this is Shane Valenstein, the pastor at City on a Hill Community Church. I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. I hope that this podcast helps you grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at cityonahillmd.org. Enjoy the message. But we're in the second week of our Revive series, and this month, our focus is on revitalizing our faith. Getting, getting to a place where we have a spiritual revival or, or renewal, because we've discovered it's just so easy to go through the motions, is it not? It's so easy to get to a place, especially if you're a, a longtime Christian, maybe even a lifelong Christian, it's so easy to just be like, okay, I know how this works, right? I'm just kind of doing the motions, I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to do, I'm showing up to church, I'm Maybe, maybe you're even reading your Bible, maybe you're attending a community group, maybe you're serving somewhere, and you're just going through it, which is good to do all of those things, but you're just kind of at a place where you're like, yeah, I don't really feel excited. I don't really feel like alive in what I'm doing. I'm just kind of doing life. Maybe you're not even in that position where, where you're doing things church-wise, but just in your life, you're just kind of going through life. Not, not really thinking a whole lot about things one way or the other. And your passion has kind of dwindled down to just a flicker. So last week we started off by talking about Haggai and, and the Israelites rebuilding Jerusalem. And they, they were more focused on, the Israelites were, were more focused on their set on themselves than they were focused on God, right? They were more focused on getting all their stuff together, having their paneled homes, having their place decorated, having all the fancy nice stuff for themselves and not necessarily focus on rebuilding the temple and, and focus on, on glorifying God. And we talked about how we should be pursuing growth over pursuing comfort, which is backwards in our world. Our, our world says, no, 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 you, you need to focus on your comfort, and once you're comfortable, then you can maybe do the hard things, and then you can maybe focus on how you can grow. But get all your ducks in a line first, and then go from there. And last week, we, we discovered that our priorities are backwards. We've got the cart before the horse, where we should be focusing on growth over comfort. So today I want to start by talking about time. In, in Greek, there's at least a couple of words that, that are used for describing time. Two of them are chronos and, and kairos. Chronos, this is the word that, that we use when we're talking about like a clock, let's say. It's, it's where we get words like chronology or, or chronological. It's all about order is what chronos is all about. It's all about, and maybe you're, you're, you're a person who likes order, where you're like, oh yeah, this, I like to know exactly the way that things are going to go. I like to have everything organized. Chronos is your word. Then there's another word, kairos. Kairos, this is the word that, that is also used for time in, Greek, in the Greek language, but it could also be translated as opportunity or chance. And this is the word that we're going to focus on today. So in Kairos gets its name from the Greek god by the same name, Kairos. Kairos was the god of the fleeting moment. And there's a picture of him behind me. He's really weird looking. But this is, this is Kairos right here, the Greek god of Kairos. And he was envisioned as a god who was always on his tippy toes. He, he was always on the move. He was active. He, did, he didn't slow down. He had wings on his feet to help him go fast. And one of the most notable things about him is his hair. Look at, the, look at this close-up picture. I know it's kind of blurry, but that's the ugliest hairdo I've ever seen in my life, right? If you can't tell, 
He's got really bushy hair on the front, but the back of his head is, is bald. And now, maybe that's just you naturally. That's okay, too. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But this was intentional for, for Kairos. I mean, this hair is something else, right? And the reason why his hair was like this, it was intentional, was because he was always on the move, and there's a, there, the, the back of his head was bald because he was running away from things, and he also didn't want anything to catch him from behind to slow him down by pulling on the back of his hair, so his hair was bald. There's a well-known um, bronze statue of Kairos that contains a series of questions and answers that's inscribed on it. Here, here are a few of them. Questions are this. And who are you? This is on his statue. It says, time, Kairos, who subdues all things. Why do you stand on your tiptoe? I am ever running. And why you have a pair of wings on your feet? I fly with the wind. And why do you hold a razor in your right hand? As a sign to men that I am sharper than any sharp edge. And why does your hair hang over your face? For him who meets me to take me by the forelock. And why in heaven's name, this is inscribed word for word on this statue. And why in heaven's name, because whoever made the statue realized this guy's hair is weird. And why in heaven's name is the back of your head bald? Because none whom I have once raced by on my winged feet will now, though he wishes it sore, take hold of me from behind. So this gave rise to the expression that I've never heard of, but based on research, I've found that it's a thing. Opportunity is bald from behind. Once it's past you, you can't get it back. Once, once opportunity goes by, it's like, well, that's gone. I can't, I can't grab it. I can't pull it back. It's beyond me at that point. And it comes from the Greek god Kairos. It comes from this, this example. And I bring all of this up because in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul uses this word kairos. He uses it when he said in Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity or kairos because the days are evil. My goal this morning it's not to stress you out, okay, just so you know. If you, if you get easily stressed out, if it happens this morning, I'm sorry, that, that, that's not my goal. But sometimes we kind of need a swift kick in the rear end to get moving. Sometimes we kind of need a kick in the butt to be like, oh, okay, I, I got I to I go. Now, opportunity is fleeting. Life is moving. I'm 35 years old, and, 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 and it's so weird to look back and be like, I felt like I was just 15, right? I felt like I, I was just in high school. I felt like I was just in my early 20s. And life is moving fast, whether you want it to or not. And you know that. That isn't news to you. And Paul recognized that. Paul recognized that opportunity is fleeting, and he's challenging the church in Ephesus to and also us, not just the church in Ephesus, but he's challenging us to not waste the life that we've been given. Don't waste what you have. Don't waste your blessings. Don't waste your life. So let's, let's, let's read that whole, well, not the whole chapter, but, but we're going to read a larger portion of that passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 12. It says this. Oh, did I not, I didn't put it in there for you? 
Oh, I missed a scripture. That's okay. We're, we're, we're going to talk about a few things in it. So in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 12, he's talking about the importance of us not wasting life that is in front of us. And if you feel like your faith needs to be revived, then this is a really great place to start. Because here, here's what we see. Stop wasting your life on fruitless deeds. It says in, in verse 10, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds. And this doesn't say to, to have some things to do with fruitless deeds. It says to have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. See, it's, it's easy for us to fill our day, but not really do a whole lot. You ever feel like that? You get to the end of the day, and you're like, man, today was a busy day. What did I do? I, what, how did I fill it? I don't well, I guess I did this. I, I guess I drove over here. I, I guess I did this for work. I guess I had to go to the bank at this time. I guess I, I and we fill our whole day. That's not a problem. If you have, if you have trouble filling your day, then, then maybe that's, a, that's another question. But a lot of times we fill our whole day, but we didn't really do a whole lot at the same time. And look back, sometimes you get to the end of the day and it's like, what did I even do the entire day? Now, sometimes life can just take us for a spin and we're, and we're just trying to hold on, right? We're, we're, just tr we're just putting out fires or we're trying to keep our head above water. That happens in life. And that's okay. That's a part of life. If that's where you are right now, that's not necessarily your fault. Sometimes life just kicks us. Sometimes life is just difficult. Now, hopefully it doesn't stay like that forever. But last week, we talked about where our priorities line up. And last week, our focus was when you are working really, really hard but you still feel like you're drowning. So if you, if you missed last week, you can go back and watch it on YouTube or, or listen to our podcast. But that, that was our focus last week. Today, our focus is a little bit different. Our focus is more so on laziness. More so on slowing down and, and when we do nothing too much of the time. See, now, don't, don't, don't misinterpret what I'm going to say. We need rest. You need to rest. But some of us are resting too much. And I don't know where you fall. Only you can answer this for yourself. You may feel like, this is not me. That's okay. That's okay. There have probably been times in your life where this is you. But this, this may not be you this morning. But it also may be you. And the only person who can really answer it is you. The only person who can really be honest about it is you. And it does us no good to not be honest about where we are in our lives. That's the only way that this series is going to be beneficial for any of us, is if you take an honest look at your life and say, yeah, this may be me. So many of us, we're, we're complaining about being hungry while we aren't doing anything at all to produce any fruit for our lives. We wonder why our faith is dead when we haven't done anything to keep it alive. Like, we get to a place where we're like, you know, I just don't feel it. I just, it's just not there. I, how, come, how come I don't have these same feelings, the same emotions that, that I had when a year ago when I first, when I start, when I first started following Jesus? Or, or 10 years ago when I, when I went to that concert and it blew me away. When I went to that conference, when I heard the, this sermon, whatever it was, how come I don't have that same feeling? 
And the answer is because Jesus isn't a feeling. It's not about an emotion. Now, emotions are involved in our lives because we are emotional people. That's, that's part of life. But if you are dependent entirely on feeling like you're floating on cloud nine in order to follow Jesus, you will fall away because that's not what it means to follow Jesus. That's not what it means. And we expect to be like, oh, this feels great all the time. I love it. I love it. This is wonderful. This is so great. And then when we don't feel that way, we're like, ah, Jesus left me. It's like, no, maybe Jesus didn't necessarily leave. Maybe you just aren't working. And some of us hate work. Some of us don't want to work at all. We just want things given to us. And that's not a healthy way to go through life. So we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Paul tells us to find out what pleases the Lord. Then do those things. But instead, our focus is often on fruitless deeds. Phones, TV, social media, video games are like the obvious ones, right? But it isn't limit, limited to that. Though I, I am talking about anything that is just nothing. There, it's something that, like I said, I... Don't get me wrong. There are times where you need to do nothing. But if your life is always filled with nothing, then you're going to feel lost. You're, you're, going, you're going to struggle. And those are the biggest dangers. And here's, here's why. They aren't necessarily bad things. At least not in the world's eyes and not even in the church's eyes. Like, these are not bad things, but they're not productive things. They're just time wasters. And when we fill our life with time wasters, we feel like we don't have any time because we're so used to this, and then we're overwhelmed, and then we lose sight of what's actually important, and then we feel lost and our faith is dead because we're not actually watering it. We're not actually working on it. Are you filling your day but not actually doing anything? That's what you need to ask yourself. And if you are, it's fruitless. And if it's fruitless, your faith will be dead. Scripture tells us faith without works is dead. Now, faith is not only about works, but if there are no works to support our faith, then our faith will die. Our faith will drown, and it will be nothing. So if you get to a place where you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I want to follow you. And then we just sit there and do nothing. Maybe we show up at church if we have time. Maybe we serve as long as it's not too hard. Maybe we read a chapter of the Bible if it's not a really busy day. Or we just would rather do other things. It's so easy to waste our entire day. But Paul was animate. Don't have anything to do with those things. Instead, expose them. So as you examine your day-to-day -day life, this is meant to be very practical. As you examine your day-to-day -day life, one of the things with um, the iPhone that I think is, uh, it's, it makes you feel terrible about yourself. I don't know if you, if you have this, but it tells you how long you spend on different apps. Do you, do you ever look at this? It tells you how long you were on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. It tells you 
how long you were listening to a podcast. It tells you how long you were, whatever your favorite app is, how, how long you played this game on your phone, whatever it is. It tells you exactly how long you've done those things. And a really good way to feel bad about yourself is to look at that. But it's also probably a really good thing to look at. And the other thing that the iPhone allows you to do is that it sets, it, it allows, and I'm sure other phones do this as well. If you don't have an iPhone, sorry, I just have an iPhone, so that's all that I know. And if you don't have an iPhone, then you probably need to find another church. But if, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. The other thing that it allows you to do is it allows you to put limits on it. And once you reach, if you say, okay, a 30-minute limit, whatever, once you reach it, then it gives you an alert. It says, hey, you've reached your limit for the day. It's really, really helpful stuff. But if you've never done it, I want to challenge you. That's part of your homework. When you go home, look at how long you spend on those different apps. It's not going to feel good, most likely. But look at it. And realize, oh, wow, I spent this much time of my day doing this? That's nothing. That's literally, it doesn't help me at all. It's okay for a period of time, but we can go above and beyond. What Paul says is, don't have anything to do with those things, but instead expose them. And the way that you can expose them is just what I said. Looking at it. Name them. Shine a light on the things that are holding you back in your life. Then, then what does Paul tell us to do? He tells us in, in verse 14, simply, wake up! Wake up! He says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Do you know what I'm not a big fan of? And this is probably going to be sacrilegious. I'm not a big fan of naps. I know, right? <laughs> there, see, I'm, this is a Nazarene church. We have this thing that's called Naznaps. I don't know if you do Naznaps. It's just when you nap, and you're a Nazarene. That's it. That's, that's the extent of it. But Like a Sunday afternoon nap, right? For me, personally, in my life, I really don't like naps at all. Whenever I nap, I feel like I feel worse about myself. And just so, just so you know, I will, I will never nap intentionally unless I'm like sick or something like that. There are times where maybe I doze off on the couch on a Sunday afternoon after preaching or whatever it is. That happens. I'm not going to lie to you, right? But some of us, um, you can decide this for yourself. Some of us can literally sleep the entire day. And they're, they're dangerous because naps are not meant to be long. I don't know if you know this, but if you're sleeping for three hours in the middle of the day, you're not napping, you're going to bed. Like, that's what you're doing. You're just going to sleep. It's not a nap. But, and, and you probably have discovered this. I, I've discovered this in my life where it's hard, but a, a nap is only supposed to be like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. If you go beyond that, oh, <laughs> 20 minutes, whatever it is, see? So even shorter, even shorter, right? A power nap, but that's exactly right. And some of us will say, okay, I'm going to nap, and then it's the entire afternoon, and then you wake up, and you're like, why do I feel so groggy? It's because you've been sleeping all day. And that, that's, that's, really, that's really the truth. It's so easy to do. But then once you do fall asleep, and then once 20 minutes goes by, and your alarm goes off, and you're like, ah, not yet. And that's the moment where you get to decide, 
am I going to ruin the rest of my day? Or am I going to get up? Now, and if you work night shift, this, isn't, this, this doesn't apply to you, okay? Just so you know, because that is when you're supposed to be sleeping. But it, that's the moment after 20 minutes where you're like, okay, either I go back to sleep or I get up. And if we take this verse as an example, God's saying, hey, you've been sleeping for, for enough time. It's, time. it's time to get up. And if you don't get up and if you don't get active, your faith will be groggy. Your faith is going to be hanging behind. You're going to be just slugging throughout the day, tired, no motivation, not really excited about it, and we're just, ugh, oh, gosh. It's like eating pancakes in the morning. You're just like, oh, oh. I'm starting my day with cake, and now I've got no, I'm just like dragging Watch that, that. I don't know if you, if you know Nate Bargatze. He's a comedian. He, this, this is his joke, so I don't want you to know. I don't want you to think I created it. But he was like, why am I so tired? It's like because I started my day with cake. And then I'm going throughout my entire day, and I'm just like, whew, I just can't. I can't wake up. I can't, I can't shake it off. And that's, that's the way we're going through our life. We're wondering, why is my faith dead when we've been eating cake all day, when we've been sleeping all day, when we're not actually doing anything to, to help produce healthy fruit, instead we're producing, we're, we're producing fruitless deeds. Things that are just like dead, nothing. And some of us need to hear this. You need to get out of bed. You need to stop sleeping all day. If you go to bed and you sleep 12 hours in a night, you're not going to feel good about yourself the next day. You can sleep too much. You can rest too much. And I realize that we live in a culture where it's normally on the flip side, but that's what we talked about last week, okay? This may not be for you. You may need to sleep. But you also may be in a place where it's like, okay, you need to work at it. And you're like, I just don't feel like it. So what? So what? Like I said, sometimes we need a, a swift kick in the rear end. So what? You don't feel like it? So what? I don't feel like it all the time, right? But if we, just, if, we, if we live life based off of your feelings, you will get nothing done. You'll get nothing done. If we go through our entire life just being like, I just want to do whatever makes me happy all the time, and then we're just going to be running and running to different things all the time where we're seeking out different things that aren't actually making us happy, but there is health in work. There is health in not letting opportunity pass us by. And Paul is telling the church in Ephesians, wake up, O sleeper. Stop sleeping. Get up on your feet. Be active. Go and do. Don't just sit and wait all the time. There's a huge difference here. And I realize that this is a catch-22, right? You're exhausted because your day is filled with exhausting things. Not necessarily productive things, but exhausting things. And you don't feel like you have the energy to be productive, so you're just sleepwalking through life and you never fully catch up. You sleep because you're tired. You're tired because you're sleeping. It's a catch-22. I get it. So the only way to break that cycle is to wake up, be intentional, and say, I'm not going to settle for this my entire life. I've, I've gotten enough rest. 
Now it's time to move. Rise from the dead. And when we do that, Jesus shines a light on you and exposes the things that are keeping you asleep. That's what happens. Remind yourself that each day has new opportunities, so take advantage of them. You're living in the light now. Stop acting like you're living in the darkness. When you've found Jesus, you have life to live. You have hope to live for. You have, you have an encouragement. You now have purpose. That's, that's the amazing thing about being a follower of Jesus is that we've discovered our purpose. And when we've discovered our purpose, it should motivate you to get up and get moving, not to settle. There's a big difference. And if you're like, man, my faith is dead, don't settle for a dead faith. Work at it. Find what pleases the Lord and do those things. Love people. Spend time with God. Pray. Pick up those who are down. Encourage one another. Be selfless. These are things that are life-giving. When we give, life gives. When we do those things, all of a sudden it's like, man, I feel better about myself. You, you know this. You've experienced this. How many times were you like, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym this morning? <sighs> but you know what? I made a commitment to it. So I, I'm committed to getting in shape. So I'm going to the gym, even if I don't feel like it. And then what happens? You go to the gym, you put forth the effort, and then you leave, and you're like, man, I feel better about what I just did. I accomplished something. I did something that I know was healthy for me even when I didn't feel like it. And if you only do things when you feel like it, you'll never do what's healthy all the time. Those habits that we want to develop. It's astonishing what happens when we do things that pleases God. It's astonishing. We are entirely re-energized and we are entirely rejuvenated in those moments. Back when I was a, a youth pastor at, at Crossroads, um, we, we would have three services on a Sunday morning. It was exhausting. Three services. So I would show up at church like 7 in the morning, and I would be there till about 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, and it, was, it, was a long, it would be a long Sunday. And there would always be a few times where we also had a jail ministry, actually at the jail right down the street from here on, on uh, 175 in Jessup, where once a month or once every two months, uh, somebody from Crossroads would come and preach at the jail. And I would be on the schedule to go and, and preach at the jail. So it would be a Sunday morning. It's like, okay, great. We've got three services that, that I'm working for. I'm spending time with teenagers, draining, right, totally draining. You get through the whole morning. It's like the last thing I want to do right now is now go to the jail and preach at the jail. But I'm supposed to. And every time that it was my turn to preach at the jail, I would say, oh, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then when I would go, which is every time, I would leave there being like, I'm so glad that I came here. Some of, some of the best worship experience that I've ever had in a room with a bunch of guys in jail, just singing. It's like one person with a guitar, terrible pitch across the whole room, but it was awesome. And it was life-giving. I never once regretted it once I actually went. 
because you're producing fruit. So if your faith is dead, if you feel like it's dead, if you feel like it's lagging, if you feel like, man, I just, I just don't feel it, stop focusing on the feeling of it and start focusing on, God, I'm going to do this because you've called me to do it. And I care more about having faith that is alive than being comfortable with faith that is dead. Wake up. Stop sleeping. Stop resting all the time and go. I'm going to invite the worship team up as we close. And like I said, only you know where you are at. You're the only one. Maybe, maybe your spouse, but don't, don't nudge anybody, right? But you know where you're at. You know what, what you're dealing with. You can be honest about how productive you are with your day. And if you feel like you're struggling, then be honest. Talk to somebody. But don't just accept it. Don't just accept struggle. Rather, attack it. But it's time to get on the move. It, it's really difficult in this world because this world says, pursue whatever you feel. And there's nothing wrong with feelings. But I don't care about pursuing what feels good right now. I care about pursuing what's healthy for me in the long run. And what's healthy for us in the long run is a proper balance of rest and activities and being intentional about what we're doing. But there is a balance there. And it's easy for us to be too far on one side or the other. Don't let life pass you by. Don't let opportunity go by. Opportunity is fleeting. Once it's past you, you can't grab it. But the good news is, each day is a new day. Each day is fresh. Each day is a new day to start over. So if you feel like, man, I've wasted my whole life, start today. Maybe you've wasted the last year, start today. Right now. Say, I'm not going to continue to throw it in the trash. I don't, I don't want to just go through life just making it through the day. I want to thrive. I want, I want to experience life. And life everlasting. And the only life that is everlasting is the life that is following Jesus. So you focus on where you're at and get serious about making yourself right. Let's stand and let's sing together.